The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 209 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky. Baseball is back. My staples are out. It's about 62 degrees here in the New York, New Jersey area. And all in all, I'd say it's a pretty good Tuesday with that in mind. Um, yeah, man, it's nice out. There's stuff on TV. Final week of the NBA, baseball's back. Your UConn Huskies won the national championship. Uh, the LSU Go Tigers won the national championship. I mean, Karita, I know she's already retracted the statement, so I'll get that in front of it. Like, Jill Biden, the even the thought of inviting the runner-up to the national championship game. It is, that's, that's bad. I thought that was just really bad. I, it actually led, it led undisputed this morning. I want, you know, when we, we, you, we, we let it, we don't watch the, we don't watch the first takes. We don't watch undisputed. We don't watch sports center get up. Occasionally we'll turn on Colin. Um, but you know, a team won a national championship. I figured that would be leading the sports shows this morning. The opening segment was Jill Biden inviting LSU instead of Iowa. And I thought that whole – or L- Iowa along with LSU. I thought that was just a crazy thing about the first lady. Yeah. Trump might have been indicted on 34 felony charges in New York today, but even he would have had the common sense to know you don't invite the team that just lost to another team in a championship to the White House together. But then again, Trump probably wouldn't have acknowledged that women's basketball exists. So with that in mind, we will jump back into baseball and get you to our – Trump also bought Clemson McDonald's. When they won the football title. Which, I don't know. I didn't have that much of an issue with, but I like McDonald's. And obviously, yeah, I think you can get McDonald's. And, I, I agree. You, you expect a bit more. If nothing else, hopefully he had a limited edition McRib. We'll leave it at that. Gonna get maybe a shamrock, an out-of-season shamrock shake. Like, pull out all the stuff. Exactly. Some limited edition items. Going to get you back into our original content. Going to do some standings, some league leaders, some players of the week. But first, we are going to start with the BovadaSportsbook.com picks of the week uh we actually got some live baseball going on now um and it's a nothing nothing game in the top of the first and this would have been an exciting game for me and you to pick so let's roll with it um and of course the lines just locked on me um so we're gonna go with what i remember close enough uh d-backs at padres our boy zach gallon for the padres or for the diamondbacks you darvish on the mound for the padres minus one our boy you darvish okay we're minus one and a half Plus 138, minus 166 for the Padres. Plus one and a half, minus 178, plus 130 for the D-backs. Um, I'm going to go Padres minus one and a half on this one. I know Gallon's been good, but Darvish looks so sharp in the WBC. And Gallon, to be honest, opening day didn't look great. I think he pitches well in this one. It's like a six, seven innings, two earned start from Gallon. Um, but I think this is going to be like a 3-1 game. Padres win by two. You would want to do a same game parlay. Padres minus a half, one and a half, and the under. Uh, the total is seven and a half. So, yes, I would be taking under seven and a half minus 138. That's not a bad value bet. I would take the Padres minus one and a half also. I feel like they, they're, they're, what, what are, they're, they're not jumping out. You know, like this isn't going to be a, oh, we made the big moves. Like this are all in. Yeah, let's start off the season 10 and out. Put everyone on notice, Padres, but they've been fine. There's like Machado, and like I'll pay closer attention in and mostly on the fantasy teams. Uh, Early on, Bogarts has made the statement of, yeah, I got paid exactly what I should have been paid. Thank you very much. Yeah, but Machado hasn't really paid, lived up to what the extension is. And again, it's been five games. I'm, I don't think anyone in San Diego is worried about Machado. Uh, so if I would take a fun player prop, Machado homer. It was plus 450 this week. All right, the rest of this is um, I actually bet on five other games on Bavada. So, Bryce, let's do the uh, would you fade or ride with Chase for these? 
They're all run like line. The segment, Fade or ride with Chase. All run line. Um, we have. I'm gonna go top the bottom. I'm gonna go uh, ten o'clock to the mo- more recent games. Um, Julio Urias and the Dodgers at home against Herman Marquez and the Rockies. I've Dodgers yep. minus one and a half, minus one eighteen. Easy. Shane Bieber and the Guardians visiting Oakland. JP Sears on the mound. I have Bieber minus one and a half, minus one oh eight. Although I like JP Sears, good former Yankee. I just think the Guardians perform well against lefties. I it's like again, are you gonna give me run lines all season? I you're probably gonna hit this once a week if you just parlay against the A's run line and against the Rockies run line, and let's see if there's any more teams. Like well, you're going to love the rest of this then because the Tigers are visiting Houston. Matt yep. Mann on the line for the Tigers. Quality start central. Framber Valdez for the Astros. I got Astros minus one, one and a half, minus 138. Same logic applies. This is one. Um, okay. This one falls under the same heading. Josh Fleming and the Rays against Chad Cole and the Nationals in D.C. Minus one and a half, minus 111. The Rays have looked like the most impressive team in baseball so far. They're starting pitching. I'm going to mention the stats in the players of the week. I'm just hoping Josh Fleming can keep up what has been an historically unreal first four games and first turn to the rotation for the Rays. And Nats are no good. Can't argue that one either. All right. this um, I got two more. Uh I took Yanks minus one and a half plus 125 with Domingo on the mound at the stadium tonight, strictly because uh, Matt Stram is on the mound for the Phillies. Stram is a lefty. The Yankees lean right-handed and it's a Phillies bullpen game. I That one scares me the most just because I don't know if the Phillies can lose every game. I agree. No, I agree with you. I think if anything's going to bust this, it's this one. Um, I just think, how much time have we spent over the past couple of years on this podcast talking about the Phillies bullpen, not living up to it. And this is a game where all we're getting is the Phillies bullpen. <laughs> yeah. If they do that, I mean, it's, Oh God, I, I'm on ESPN.com. I didn't realize that they had to put Cueto on the IL. I know it's jumping ahead of stuff, but it's in the notes. I forgot to send you the notes granted, but it's in there. Late edition. Unfortunate. Um, but I did this Philly lineup can just really hit. And again, like play homes. You trust the, the are you trust the Yankees bullpen overwhelming overwhelmingly not to just let up a late stupid run. This Phillies lineup hits. I mean, the Phillies lineup can't score. And Schwarber's been awful. Yeah, Schwarber's due for a long, long John Johnson today for sure. Short I also have an apology. Seventeen. I also have an apologies to Phillies fans. I have an apology I'd like to issue. Last week when I picked the Phillies to win the NL East, I kept referring to their manager as Kevin Long. It's yes. Rob Thompson. I got the wrong Yankee coach. Yes, and but Kevin Long is the hitting coach. Correct. So we weren't too far off. Um, and then the last game I'm taking, yesterday I took the Mets minus one and a half against the Brewers. They lost 10 nothing. It went about as bad as it could go. Today we're going Mets minus one and a half plus 106. Mad Max is on the mound. Wade Miley for the Brewers. I don't know. I think this Mets lineup is due for a big game, and it's Max. This feels like the Brewers are being dickheads, and they should have just moved up Corbin Burns. Burns wasn't that good opening. I mean, yes, you're obviously right, but, but yeah, that's your that's the counter you're gonna make that Burns wasn't that good opening day. I don't have a real counter to it. What do you want from me? That's it. I just want you to say that was good. I like that. Yeah. Look, I admit when I was wrong. Moving to the standings, if we last week, if there was a Bavada future on the Minnesota Twins being one of two undefeated teams through the first five games of the regular season, what do you think they we could have gotten those odds? They had odds of, like, team to start 5-0. and oh. And I think the Twins' odds would have been sneaky high because they played Kansas City and Miami. AL East, I agree with that. That's totally, yeah. I guess I haven't really looked at the matchups enough. Um, and the Twins' stop starting pitching is solid. And again, they brought back Correa after. Yeah, their, their starting pitching is good enough that against bad teams, they're going to be very good. I guess average is the word for that. They're, they're a bad, good team. Yes. Uh, moving through the standings, Tampa Bay, one of two undefeated teams in baseball, 4-0 at first in the East. Yanks, 3-1. Orioles, 2-2. Two two. Red Sox, 2-2. Two two. Blue Jays, 1-3. I have a couple quick AL East takeaways. One, the Rays aren't going anywhere, so I hope everybody listened to us and hammered the over when we said it a couple weeks ago. 
Two, as a Yankee fan, good to see. Cle- I guess I have a take for every team in the AL East. Uh, two, as a Yankee fan, great to see Cleaver Torres hitting so far. I think he's kind of been forgotten with Volpe and Peraza. He's still a 26-year-old multi-time All-Star. Three, Orioles are going to be really fun to watch this year. And that young core is really exciting. Four, uh, the Red Sox pitching is really bad. Uh, but they scored 27 runs their first games, or first three games, which four teams ever in baseball history have done. Adam Duvall's of the world, maybe they hit a bunch. Uh, and five, the Blue Jays' bullpen may be an emotional roller coaster the entire season. And Jose Barrios did not put it together for his first start. Good Lord, is that contract a problem? Every point you made is correct. Uh, but slow down on the Barrios. Maybe Barrios gets the shit. I just said for the first start. I'm holding out. I don't think he's ever. I don't know. If it's been one bad. You've seen pitchers come back from one bad season. Uh, the problem is, I don't know. Like, can he bounce back to where he. Well, they don't need. Again, we, this is what we've been saying all along. With barriers, they don't need him to bounce back to be an ace. They need him to bounce back to be a four player. A great example of what you're describing is Barrios' favorite te- uh, former teammate. Robbie Ray bounced back from a bad season. I want to stay young in Toronto. Yeah, like this – he's still young. I mean, I, honestly, I don't care how old he is. In my mind, Jose Barrios is always going to be young. <laughs> but I, how old is he? If you want to if you want to include one of these – Yeah, <laughs> B- Buxton – it's a lazy take by me because they're former teammates, but I feel the same way about Buxton. Buxton will always be 23 in my mind. How old do you think Buxton is? Probably like 28, 29 also. He's 29. Yeah. AL Central, Twins in first, 4-0. Guardians. He's out of the lineup today. Did you draft him? No, I just looked him up to see his age. Is... <laughs> Twins buying Buxton, absent from lineup Tuesday. Bovada over under, we get that. I'll just do it through April. Is he, I, I mean, it's just too sad. Because he's so fucking talented. You know? He's so good. But I'm not even going to go through with that. He's so bad. good. Cleveland in second, 4-1 in the Central. White Sox 2-3. and three. Detroit, Kansas City rounding out the division there, 1-3. and three. Uh, Minnesota looks like they could be fun. Joey Gallo's mashing homers. And we knew that was going to happen as soon as he went to a team where there's not a ton of national media coverage. So and good for the Twins so far. Yeah, White Sox, nice series in Houston, but boy, it was, they were just, every, everyone was sitting home yesterday against them. NL West, Angels are three and one, Rangers are three and one. Uh, Angels off the field had a pretty terrible week. We're going to save that for the end of the podcast in the miscellaneous news section. And Clouds, what would have been three and one, Rangers three and one, Astros two and three, A's, Mariners one and three, one and four piece. Here is a question for you. The This is, this, I would have loved to know what you think. Bavada odds, we could have gotten in on this. Ready? What are the odds that at the time of our first podcast, the Angels and the Rangers would both be 3-1 and one, with each team's respective loss coming in a Shohei Otani start and in Jacob deGrom's first start of the year? That's not true. Yes, it is. Oh, the Rangers came back and won. Fair enough. Um. All right, well... Redo the question where it's close enough. Uh, the Angels are playing. Which is for the Angels then? <laughs> the Angels are playing the A's, so it's not a surprise they're off to a good start. The Rangers t- sweeping the Phillies at home is pretty good. It's a big statement series for them. Yeah. Early on. And I mean, the way they came back and at the ground game, that's a, well, if that's the worst of ground start of the year and they won it, Texas. I have Texas in the playoffs. We've said if the Texas pitching could stay healthy, we know they're going to hit. Marcus Simeon's off to a great start five, four or five games in. I and who, I mean, that's shocked. That is shocking. <laughs> really getting off to a hot start. NL East, Braves 3-1, and one, Mets 3-2, and two, Nats 1-3, and three, Marlins 1-4. and four. Uh, Phillies 0-4. They got absolutely brutally swept by, the, swept by the Rangers like you just mentioned. I was at the Yankees-Phillies game last night. I think the Yanks won 8-1 was the final. I don't know. I left in the seventh to get home to Jersey. The Phillies just look bad. And I know Reese Hoskins is out, but like they did a lot of things fundamentally that you could see this team may have a bit of a, and again, it's four games in, this is going to be classic overreaction, but it was like little stuff. First batter of the game, DJ LeMayu, it's a singing line drive that Brandon Marsh uh, underplays the ball for a, a game start, a leadoff triple for DJ. 
Real Muto is one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. Underthrows Trey Turner on a ground ball on a caught throw on a st- uh, stolen base attempt to second. This team just looked that they just like they're still stuck in spring training mode. I would say. Yeah, I I don't I, I don't know what's happening with them. They they should be a lot better. They should not be getting swept by Texas. I'd be very afraid to bet against them today, though. Like you did. We'll see. Maybe I woke up like beast. We've seen this team perform. This team last year won without Harper for the majority of the second half. And then I guess there's no – and they got Turner now and they lost Reese. Like, this roster they, – they should not be 0-4. This, this is – they might – this might be the worst part of their season or – I mean, again, like, there's a – I don't know, maybe Rob Thompson's not a really good manager and they got lucky last year. Too early to tell. In about two weeks, I think we'll have more clarity. NL Central, Reds in first, three and one. Brewers, three and one. Pirates, Cardinals, Cubs, Ryan, got the division there. So take what I asked you about the Shohei uh, and DeGrom combo and just substitute it with the Brewers saying if that the only two losses would be in a Shohei Otani start and in the Corbin Burns start. How about that? You could have kept in the division and got Corbin Burns and Hunter Green for Cincinnati. I don't have Hunter Green on the level of the rest. Because I, you know what? I, I'm a big believer in Nick Dolo and Graham Ashcraft. I said to you, as hard as Hunter Green throws, one oh, you could throw 102, 103, and it's great. But if it's straight, big league hitters are going to hit that. You and I aren't going to hit it. You and I won't even see it. But they will. Yeah, you have pretty good odds there. Because Boo Irons did not look that good, as you said. But he's still, still great. Woodruff looked unbelievable. My Woodruff Cy Young pick got off to a really good start. I That was a bold pick by you. I like it. He was really good in the second half. And you know what? I feel like he's always been overshadowed by his teammate, and this is the year he goes, I'm tired of getting overshadowed. I think it's going to happen when they trade Burns to the Astros. Exactly. NL West, Dodgers 3-2, and two, Padres 3-2, and two, Giants 2-2, two and two, um, Diamondbacks 2-3, and three, Rockies 2-3. and three. I like that this NL West already settled into where they should be. Correct. And having been to three of those Giants games, or two of the three Yankees-Giants games, that is just the definition of a 500 baseball team. Like, their two through five in the rotation is guys that on, like, a winning team would be really good four-starter innings eaters. They have a couple of just really solid... Their big season move was... Their big moves were Mitch Hanniger and Michael Conforto. And, um... Ross Stripling and Manea. And that guy and the other twin. Yeah. And getting Taylor with Tyler. That's a tongue twister in itself. All right. Let's do some league leaders. And uh Bryce on offense, or let's do for the hitting and the pitching when we're done with each individually. You tell me what league leader through the first couple days of MLB um you think we would have had the longest Bavada odds on. Okay. okay. Adam Duvall leading baseball with seven runs scored. That's a good start. Um, unsurprisingly, Larissa Reyes with 11 hits. The batting champ moves across, moves to, from Minnesota to Miami, still hitting the ball. Doubles leader, Matt Chapman and Yon Moncada with four. Not overly surprising. Triples leaders with two. Trey Turner, not surprising. James Outman with two triples for the Dodgers might be my favorite right now. I mean, I feel like he'd be in the field category. Home run leaders with three apiece. CJ Crone, Gallo, Brian Reynolds, Trace Thompson with three homers also might be the answer. Trace, I think he's another in the field guy. All right. RBIs with nine apiece, Jordan and Adam Duvall. Uh, walks leaders. Odds on, Jordan might have been like plus two. Minus odds. <laughs> Miguel Vargas of the Dodgers, nine walks. Strikeout leader so far, Conforto, J.D., and Muncie with nine apiece. Jorge Mateo, Cedric Mullins, and Miles Straw with four apiece for steals. Adam Duvall, Dansby, hitting 588. Miguel Vargas, 722 average. Slugging Adam Duvall, 1.235. I guess let's just say Adam Duvall at large, right? Yeah, Adam Duvall. Good, well, good for Adam Duvall. Because I didn't this th- this is the Adam Duvall show. I get I, I mean it's nice when he gets it, and you'll probably mention him when he retires, and I'll say hopefully I can remember that he did this really nice hot start to the 2023 season. Otherwise, yeah. he's got no defining characteristics of the ball player. 
He actually, to me, seems like somebody who would uh, maybe get tra- – we'll talk about him at the deadline as somebody who gets traded to a contender. What team – I can't – should I send him to Houston too? No. I think you send him to like – honestly, he'll be a Cardinal. Even though they have 9,000 outfielders and it doesn't make much sense, he'll be a Cardinal. He'll be an whoever goes gets hurt. He'll be the best injury replacement. Oh, this is a no brainer. You know where he's going in the middle of a division race, tight division race. He'll be on the Guardians. Minnesota. What? He'll, I said the Guardians. We're thinking the same way. I said Minnesota, and I was going to finish it. He'll be Byron Buxton's injury replacement halfway through the season. Yeah, he'll be on one of those teams, two teams for sure. All right, pitching leaders. A lot of guys have one win. We're skipping that. So wait, Chase. Is it? There's no shot. Bovada offers a prop bet of most influential. Vision most influential trade candidate for the AL Central. What would Adam Duvall's odds be? Because anyone listening to this show would take it now. So bet it down while well, you can. Yeah. If you find those odds, let us know. A lot of pitchers have one win and uh, zero ERA. So we're going to skip that for now. Saves leaders Felix Bautista, David Bednar with two apiece. I think we each have one of them in fantasy now. Don't you have Bednar? I have Bednar. And I have Bautista. Look at us. Uh, strikeouts leaders. Yeah. Oh, I, like on the fantasy baseball note, don't offer trades three days into the season. No. And don't go running for free agents three days into the season either, I think. I think just like – I mean, look, if it works out for you, it works out. But you drafted these guys for a reason. Like, Correct. Strikeout leader with 12 apiece, Springs and Logan Webb. Jeffrey Springs and Logan Webb. Um, and my biggest surprise will be that Tyler Wells of the Orioles – um, pitched five perfect innings for the team and has a zero whip. So there's my winner on the pitching side. There was a stat hip. It's Flaherty in the notes? No, because you know what? Even though he threw five no-hit innings, he walked seven guys. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting... It's a simultaneously super impressive and super off-putting start by a starting pitcher. I looked at... so I, I look at his glass half ball. Room to improve. Left left a lot of guys on base. That's good. Gave up no runs. Good. Gave up no hits. Good. Seven walks. Very bad. Yep. First start of the year. Um, all right. The pitch clock made its debut this week. I will say, I told you I was going to give a 10-minute rant on this. I'll cut it short. Uh, having been to three games already in person, the pitch clock is fantastic. It You really realize when you're at the stadium that this isn't really tangibly changing the game at all. It's just getting rid of downtime. It looks like the pitchers, for the most part, have adjusted. Will I feel differently in the postseason? Absolutely. But for now, when I'm uh, last night, the Yankee game was over at I think nine forty-five, and it was a laugher. We kicked the crap out of the Orioles. Opening day, I was home within three hours. It's good for the game. It's going to attract more casual fans. If you're an old school baseball purist, just give it time. Jeff Passan. Uh, he just did a really good sum up tweet of what the rule changes have given us in the first couple days. Um, so here are by the numbers this year through 2023. Um, this is through 50 games last year was through 49 games over the first four days. Average time of game is down to 238 from three minutes and nine seconds. So we're down 31 minutes hitters without the shift are hitting 245, 323, 392. That's up from 230, 308, 374 stolen basis percentage. 70 of 84, 83.3%, 29 of 43. And there have been a total of 40 pitch clock violations this year, which comes out to less than one in game. All this stuff is good, I think. There haven't been a ton of violations, as you can see. Teams are stealing bases. That's cool. Teams are getting more hits. Uh, but the biggest thing is a half hour is massive. It's massive, and it's not just the half. It's not just the end time. I think people... People, if, if the product's moving, people will be willing to put it in the extra, the extra half hour. It's the time between pitches. It's the what the pitch clock. It's what the most obvious effect of the pitch clock is. Just not like you used to be able to watch a pitch. There's a shot you could go. You could have gone and taken an entire piss break in between pitches and not missed a pitch. Yeah, I mean, I, you want, I'll give. You know, should I give the anecdote I gave you about Volpe's first at bat? Yeah. I during the, the top of the third inning at Yanks Giants opening day, I went and I was right near the hot dog line. There were probably six people or so in front of me. Granted, Garrett Cole was mowing Giants down, but the, the top half of the inning went so quickly that I was at the front of the line 
the Yankee sir, the Yankee Stadium service was a little dicey. The soda machine was breaking. It took like five people to make a hot chocolate. And I was like, you know what? I got to jump out of line. I'm not going to get the hot dog right now. Those because... fucking Yankees. Like, all that dude, money. Dude, I didn't tell you last night. Disaster on the chicken bucket. Oh, God. Raise the price $5. From 20 to 25 And on top of it, you know how they used to have, like, just re- – I, I can't even think of that. Just regular fries? Now it's like now it's undercooked Nathan's crinkle cut fries. I thought it was always that. No, last year you would just get like the normal, not shoot like McDonald's fries for lack of a better phrase. You know what I mean? Like just regular fries. I think you've been watching a lot of Foods That Build America. Plug that. What was this week's? I missed this week's. What was it? (laughs) I also missed this week's. All right, quick Google search. Um, but all that said, it it you really need to like give this some thought. No, that's good. I mean, I'll talk more from the at-home side of it. If you're at home, sitting at home now, you you baseball used to be a really easy time to check Twitter. You can't put your phone down. You can't check your phone during anything. These things are go. Every things are always happening, and it's more exciting. More exciting. Real quick, we didn't miss an episode this weekend. They took the week off for us. Thanksgiving dinner coming up this Sunday. Oh. I'm not going to say that a certain certain NASCAR race is starting at 6.30 this Sunday. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to say it, but uh, to each his own, I guess. Oh, my God. Why? Whatever. The Holden family is uh, in for a while. I'll miss it. We'll have to record it. I'm going to be at Bruce Springsteen. Um, why do you go to Bruce Springsteen? I'm going Sunday. You knew this. This Sunday is the Bruce one? At UBS. It's one of three. We're, oh. going, in, we're going in Long Island, New Jersey, and Chi-Town. And on my, uh, on my Spotify today, I was just listening. Uh, you know how there's play all my songs on Shuffle. I'm, I'm, I'm for better or for worse, well aware, yes. And uh, the Neil Young. Oh, I guess that was Neil Young. Why did I feel like Bruce Springsteen did the? Couldn't have also. You also couldn't have listened to Neil Young on Spotify though. No, but what's the? Uh, it was Jimmy Fallon doing Neil Young singing "Whip My Hair Back." And forth. Oh, I whip my hair and back. Why did I think forth. Bruce Springsteen was in that? Because Fallon also does uh, Christy, Chris Christie and the Bridge as Bruce. It's on the same album. Yeah. Okay, that that makes sense. No, Bruce is a part of the with my. He's a part of the Fallon. The with my hair back and forth. Bruce and Fallon. Does he? Oh, so they both deal Neil Young. All right. Uh, our first players of the week. Um, we're going to do hitters and then pitchers. A lot of good performances. <laughs> um, but let's start with the first three homer game of the year. Trace Thompson. Uh, Trace Thompson having a three homer game on opening day in the Dodgers 10-1 win against the D-backs. He's the first player in MLB history to have eight plus RBIs in their season debut since RBI became an official stat in 1920. What's the most points Clay has scored in a game this year? He had a couple good ones. Yeah, he had one big one. I can get his game line. Is Trace having three home runs on opening day more impressive than anything Clay's done this year? Yes, but that's not a slight on Clay. I mean, three homer games are impressive. Three homer games on opening day. That's awesome. Clay, I'm looking right now. Clay, 42, 42. Oh, Clay had a 54-point game January 2nd, but he needed overtime. I think yeah, Trace wins. No, I, I think so too. I don't, there's not a ton you could put above a three homer day going outside the sport. All that said, shame, shameless Clay Thompson plug 21.8, 4.2, 2.4. I think Clay's back. I think Clay has been like, established as back for a while. Doesn't it? It's almost offensive to Clay to saying that he's back. He's just, he's just Clay going Clay. Our boy in fantasy, Adley Rushman, five for five on opening day, walked once, new career highs and hits, uh, and he had four RBIs and 10-9 win against the Red Sox. Since 1901, no catcher has ever recorded five hits or gotten on base six times in an opening day. And according to ESPN Stats and Info, he was the first player to go five for five with four RBIs uh, on opening day and the third to go five for five with multiple RBIs uh, in a season oper, joining Billy Herman and Babe Ruth, both Hall of Famers. Yeah, I um, in the overreaction day that is opening day. I thought Adley Rushman was about to get be on pace for eight hundred hits, but does look like he might be in the MVP race. 
is it so I feel like you want every time you you want the Chris Bryant thing to happen. Chris Bryant, Dustin Pedroia, I'm sure it's happening. The trout That's why I picked Julio. Yeah, you want that narrative to be the thing. And it, I feel like that's an easy narrative to get behind. Oh, Abby came on. Julio was in the same boat. Julio actually won the award. But like Jesus. So yeah, it could be fun. Why not? As long as that team, that Orioles team has to make the playoffs. Though, I feel I feel like they have to make the I agree. Uh this is from Sarah Langs. For the first time since 1901, we had two players with five hit games on opening day. Um George Springer, he went five for six with one RBI and a crazy 10-9 victory for the Blue Jays over the Cardinals. And then, a day, always and then a day later, Austin Hayes. So we had two Orioles with five hit games within the first weekend of the year. Five for five with a solo home run, two doubles, and two run scores, along with the steal in Saturday's loss to the Red Sox. Moving along the players of the week, Stephen Kwan, this would have been my biggest Nevada long shot of anyone on this list. Stephen Kwan had a total of 52 RBIs last year. Uh, not a lot of power. Great average on base guy, though. Hit 298, 373 on base as a rookie. He had five RBIs in a 9-4 victory against the Mariners Friday. Second player in Guardians history joining Larry Doby to not get at least five runs in one of the first two games of the season. Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge shelled out on opening day. Uh, Cole had six scoreless innings, 12 strikeouts in the Yanks, 5-0 win against the Giants. Uh, he's the first player with six strikeouts in the first two innings of his team season opener since at least 1957, which is as far back as Elias Sports goes. He joins Nolan Ryan as only the second pitcher in MLB history with 600-plus strikeouts with three different teams and set the Yankee opening day record. Judge, homer in his first at bat. It was electric. Say no more. The MVP, the captain, he's here for a uh, run-it-back type of year. But the big thing was, I know the Giants lineup isn't great, but if the Yankees could get a Garrett, this type of Garrett Cole this year, I'm feeling real good. Garrett looked unbelievable. You can't, you should not. The, the Giants, lineup, we said it's not unbelievable. We, we said it was a lot of average. It was just a very average team. And Garrett Cole made that average team look like a minor league team. Yeah, he was just absolutely mowing them down. Shohei Otani struck out 10 over six scoreless innings in his debut this year. Was stuck with a no decision. Uh, the Angels manages five singles on the night. The bullpen blew it. But Otani looks like he it's going to be him and Judge all year, and it's going to be fun. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, we mentioned him in the player of the week. Six hitless innings against the Tigers with 12 career strike or with 12 strikeouts, which was a career high, and their 5-1 win um, this past weekend. Rays starters have allowed just one run in 23 innings so far, which is a .39 ERA. 30 strikeouts, three walks, and they permitted nine hits, only two of which have gone on for extra base hits. That is obscene. That's what the they do. factory is still that's here. What they, that, that's what they that's just what they do. I don't get it. You're repping Tampa. Like you just that, that, I don't know. It like doesn't it, it it's almost like it doesn't matter. They, people say it's the name on the front, not the name on the back. That's ridiculous. It's why we thought Kluber was a, it's why we thought Kluber was a dark horse Cy Young pick last year. Yeah, I think down in Tampa, it's the name on the front. Or I don't know what the hell is going on. I've never heard of half of these guys year after year. I don't know what the hell is happening or who these clowns are, but they throw hard and they just they shut teams down. Dylan Cease, the 2022 Cy Young Award runner-up, struck out 10 Astros, including his former teammate Jose Abreu Thursday on opening day. Tied Jack McDowell for the most strikeouts by a White Sox pitcher on opening day. Uh, six and a third innings, two hits, zero runs, becomes the fourth pitcher in American League history with 10 strikeouts and no walks on opening day. I have a Cease question for you. Okay. Why do you think Cease got, didn't get any sort of preseason Cy Young hype? I think teams – I guess writers – just didn't think that the control was going to be there. If Dylan Cease could just walk like two guys a game, he has no hit stuff every time out. Every time. Like if he gets his walk rate, even to three guys a game, he would be my pick right now to win the Cy Young in the American League. His stuff's that good. Um, I think I went with Garrett. I actually have my notes right here. And this was against the Astros too. This wasn't against some Joe Schmo lineup. This was against the defending World Series champs. Who even without Altuve are nasty. Yeah, I mean, you have Jordan, who very well could be the best player in baseball. Justin, Justin Steele for the Cubs. Six scoreless innings, eight strikeouts versus the Brewers and a 3-1 loss Saturday. Spencer Strider against the Nets Saturday. Three hits, three walks, six scoreless, struck out nine. 
Clayton Kershaw recorded nine strikeouts to pass Mike Mussina for 23rd on the all-time list. 2,816. We love Kirsch. He's back. A lot of multi-homer games early on. We mentioned Trace Thompson. CJ Crow and I went against the Padres. Reynolds against the Reds. Nolan Gorman against the Blue Jays. Patty Wisdom against the Brewers. Joey Gallo against the Twins. Luke Rayleigh, who I wrote in parentheses, Rays against the Nats because guys might not know who he is. Adam Duvall takes the cake, though. Um, in his two-run homer game against the Orioles, he had a walk-off home run in a crazy 9-8 victory. Ryan McKenna with an all-time botch in left field. Just look it up. Little League, it's it's literally it's Luis Castillo. It's it's just bad. It's funny because between this and the Phillies' disastrous defense, like I always I I I go into every season thinking defense doesn't matter. It's costing teams games. Oh, it always matters. Um, two teams of the week. Probably won't do this going forward, but the Rangers because of the sweep. Um, and as I said, the Red Sox scored 27 runs in three games, third team since 1901. Uh, 78 Brewers I don't know much about, but the other was the Big Red Machine in 76. Um, and I would say the ending of the week is, you know, the McKenna game I think ended on a sour note. You never like to see a guy, an error really cost his team a game. Um, so I'm going to go with the Padres last night. Um, David Dahl and Hassan Kim in a 5-4 victory against the uh, D-backs out of the 8-9 and nine hole going back-to-back to, back to win the game. That's awesome. Sometimes you need a that, – that's fun. You know, some random uh, relatively, uh, just, you know, lesser sung heroes on that all-star team carrying up to victory. I like that. I'm with you. I like that as well. And something that Guardians fans are going to like – First time All-Star last year, Andres Jimenez, seven-year, $106.5 million extension, $4 million signing bonus, and has an additional $23 million option for 2023 with a $2.5 million buyout. The Guardians have previously had control over Jimenez for the next four years, meaning that this deal buys out three free agent years and potentially a fourth with that option. 24-year-old began his professional career with the Mets as an international amateur out of Venezuela. At one point, he was one of the top prospects uh, in all of baseball, uh, Baseball America had Jimenez on its top 100 list in 2018, 19, and 2021. I uh, made his debut in the 2020 COVID season, and him and Ahmed Rosario were the headlining piece in the Francisco Lindor trade that sent Lindor uh, to the Mets. Both him and Rosario were highly touted shortstop prospects. So Jimenez, um, he, they tried to have him take over to the regular shortstop. Uh, he was hitting 179, 226, 308 through the middle of May. Uh, they decided they need to make a change. They optioned him to the minors, and uh, he ended up at second base there. Uh, many observers overlooked the Guardians and Jimenez going into 2022 after down the stretch. He had 245, 32382. He was probably the breakout player of all of baseball last year. 17 home runs, 20 steals, cut his strikeout rate to 20.1%, hit 297, 371, 466, 140 WRC+. Plus defensively plus 16 defensive run saves um, war graded out incredibly uh, both on fan graphs and baseball reference 6.1 on fan graphs 7.4 on baseball reference both of which had him in the top 15 amongst all position players in the league the AAV on this deal seven years 106 million comes out to about 16 and a half million dollars um, yeah that math checks out on my end um, hopefully it checks out on yours as well I got it working now. What was it? What's it was seven for one hundred six and a half. Yeah, so it's like fifteen point two one. All right, so I was a little off. Um, I think this is a fair contract for both for both sides. Honestly, you know, I I think Andre Jimenez coming into last year, if you had told said to us what the what are the Bavada odds that a year from now he'd be an one hundred million dollar player, who would have said you were crazy? He did not look good in twenty twenty one but really did emerge as a true five-tool player last year. And for a team like the Guardians, it reminds me a lot of the Jason Kipnis extension that they gave to him uh, back when he was about to hit free agency. Not a lot of guys are going to come to sign for Cle to Cleveland. So if you could take a shot on signing a guy through his age 31, 32 season at $15 million a year, he was an all-star 24, I think you have to take the risk there. Um, so all in all, I think it's a fair deal for both sides. Jimenez hits free agency at 31, locks in $100 million. I like this. I like this one. This one, this one didn't seem like a team taking advantage of a guy. This seemed like a guy making the most off of his best season. Yep. Another you know, like, Cle what's Cle Cleveland builds through trades. Cleveland's not the free agent. They built through the draft, and if they can tr make a trade, they're a team that's proven they'd make a trade if they feel like they can win. So you got him locked up. You got Jose locked up. 
they'll always be able to pitch as long as Terry and crew are there. I think I I picked the White Sox to win that division. I'm more, I that's the one I have the most doubt about early in the year. I would I would also expect uh by like June a Stephen Kwan extension. Yeah, yeah, but that's a, that's a solid core. Quan, I don't know what he is. Long. But you know what though? But here's the thing with Quan. I agree with you. I, I mean, I think Jimenez will be. I don't know if he'll be last year, but I think he will be a solid like four to five win player a year by WAR. I think with Quan, especially based on how Terry Francona teams are, if you could sign up for a guy who plays Gold Glove caliber D every year, hit two ninety high on base percentage at the top of your order, that's what the and and will steal even more bases with the new rules. Stephen Kwan, I think, actually could benefit hugely from these new rules. You're saying he's a better Brett Gardner. Yeah, Brett Gardner got a lot of money from the – not a lot of money, but made a comfortable amount of money with the Yanks. We liked Gardner. I liked Gardner, at least. Gardner is like too much. Another all-star sign with this team on a long-term deal. Two-time all-star Drake, Jake Cronenworth. Seven-year, $80 million extension with the Padres. He's 29 years old. He's played second, first, and short in his big league career. Uh, he's played second base the most. It's coming up in 2020. But since Xander Bogart signed with the Padres, switched over to first base this year. Uh, his contract now runs through 2030, adding long-term stability to an infield that already includes Xander Bogart and Manny Machado, who are both signed through 2033. Obviously, Fernando Tatis, the former shortstop, song, signed long-term as well. Cronenworth uh, is 29 years old. He was a two-way player that was drafted by the Rays. Uh, it's interesting, actually. He was the throw-in guy almost in the Tommy Pham trade. Um, Xavier Edwards and Hunter Renfro were the main guys that got traded there. Uh, nobody really thought of Cronenworth. Uh, he abandoned the pitching side in 2020 as a rookie. Uh, he played all over. He finished second in the rookie of the year voting behind Devin Williams. Um, he ended up getting the bulk of the innings at second base as a rookie. 2021, he shipped over to... Shortstop when Tatis was hurt, he was a first-time All-Star, 116 WRC+. plus. Last year was an All-Star at second base, solid defense, uh, and he had 4.1 war in each of the 2021 and 2022 seasons. With three years of service time after 2022, uh, he inked a one-year arbitration deal for this year, $4.25 million. The seven-year deal buys out his final two arbitration years plus another five of free agent year, um, and it will run through his age 37 season. Again, I like this for both sides. Could Cronenworth have maybe gotten a little more in the free agent market? Potentially, um, but it's a guy with a lot of value tied up in defense. Would have been hitting free agency at about 32 years old. Um, and I just give Peter Sider all the credit in the world locking up this young core. It's a really exciting time uh, to be a San Diego Padres fan, for sure. And uh, he's rewarding his guys. And Cronenworth, I mean, look, other than Machado, Bogarts doesn't have a huge injury history, but is getting older. Tatis obviously has the injury history. There is a lot of value in knowing that you have a guy that you could basically play anywhere on the diamond other than catcher um, and feel totally comfortable there. And hitting, he's solid. It's not like he's a bad hitter. It's not like this is a utility infielder type. And it's okay. just what that team needs. That team is so much. It's a glue guy. Much. He's the perfect glue guy. For this, Yeah, no, it's a perfect match. Moving elsewhere, um, we have a couple more extensions. This is the last big one. Uh, Nico Horner, three-year contract extension with the Cubs for the 2024 to 2026 season. $35 million there. Uh, First-round pick out of Stanford in 2018. He made it into the majors within a year and a half of being drafted. Pac-12 guy. Woo! Um, struggled during the 2020 campaign, but over the past two years, been very solid. Um, went healthy in 2021. He had 302, 382, 369 in 44 games. Last year was his first full season, 281, 327, 410, and 135 con uh, contests. Past two years, 286, 341, 400 hitter. Defensively, he's very strong up the middle. Uh, was a gold glove caliber shortstop last year. Switched over to second base for Dansby Swanson. He also stole 20 bags and 22 attempts. Um, and has played 1,400 major leadings at shortstop with strong grades with defensive runs saved, as I mentioned. You know, again, for this Cubs team, Diansby was the big name. Now you start slowly locking up some of the young core. Uh, $12 million a year, though, for a contact-heavy shortstop who's going to hit, like, 290. You can play him up the middle with Dansby and have one of the best defensive middle infields in baseball. Um, another extension, I, I think, very fair for both player and team. To have three of those in a row on this podcast is a rare occurrence for us, I think. Yeah, I I think it's, it's fine. I mean, a three-year deal, it's... I don't know if the Cubs will be anywhere closer to competing by the time this thing lets up. So 
You know, it's good to get your cash. I guess my bigger takeaway from that rant was, are you going to champion Pac-12 players after UCLA jump ship? I'll support them. I think Pac-12 baseball, I always will, because I I have very fond memories of attending Pac-12 baseball games over the years. Basketball, screw them. Football, if you went to U, unless you went to USC, we're not going to done anyway. So, Oregon has good players. Does Oregon have good guys in the league, though? No, we have a bunch of guys in the league. UCLA. I don't know how many of them are great, but we got some good ones. Josh Rosen still in the league? I don't think so. But Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr. We had a lot of actually Pro Bowl linebackers over like a five year stretch. Did Miles Jack ever make a Pro Bowl? I'm gonna loop him into this for the sake of the argument. And like, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr. LBU. So back to pack. Good for Nico Horner. Transitioning real quick to minor leaguers. If you're usually the guy who knows more, you know, legal jargon than I do, which again, low bar to clear, but you do know it. Uh, and when we talk about antitrust stuff, this and that, it all has to do for the most part with minor league baseball. A year ago, when we were recording this podcast, April 4th, 2022, if I had told you that the major league baseball owners would have ratified a minor league CBA collective bargaining agreement within the year, what would the Bavada odds have been on that? Probably plus 250. Oh, you think, oh, okay. 2,500, I feel stronger than, than plus 250. Yeah. Minor leaguers, though, finally got their day in the sun as the Players Association and Major League Baseball have reached a deal on a five-year CBA covering minor league players for the first time. Uh, players will now be paid outside of the season and payment is nearly year-round with only a six-week gap during the winter. Um, in complex leagues, you will get 19800 annually, up from 4800 Low A, 26200 up from 11000 High A, 27300 up from 11000 Double A, 30250 up from 13800 Triple A, uh, 35800 up from 17500 Players will be paid during minor league spring training as well, uh, with the minimum salary six twenty five per week for spring training work. Before we get to some other parts of the CBA, uh, let's just get ahead of this. Look, is that pace still great? No, but I, I mean, night and day improvements for minor leaguers where now I think we're at the point where you're going to see guys that don't feel the need to give up on their dream because they were basically being paid poverty wages. Yeah, it's important because again, baseball is the one sport that ha I guess the NBA is dabbling in the league with it, but this is I mean, every single player, unless you come international, you always go through the minors. Well, and, and even the G League, there's what? 20 teams with 15 players each. I, I mean, this is minor. This is minor leagues at mass numbers on top of it. Yeah. And it, I mean, it seems, I mean, it seems so ridiculous that this is happening. Now this feels like it should have been taken care of years ago. Better late than never is. is better late than never, yeah. There will be medical and pension provisions in a 401k for uh, plan for players, as well as grievance procedures and the possibility of hearings in front of neutral arbitrators. Um, trimming the minor league roster size was a goal of Major League Baseball's during last year's CBA talks. Uh, the league wanted the number below 150 players during last year's negotiations. Um, now the players um, per organization outside of Latin America during the season will be reduced from 180 to 165, taking effect in the 2024 season. So that was a compromise there on the players' side. Players who sign with clubs at 19 or older will now be eligible for minor league free agency after parts of six seasons in the minors have not added to the 40-man roster. Uh, previously, that was a seven-year marker, which will still be in place for younger signees, uh, but will force teams to make a quicker decision on most players drafted out of college or who signed later than usual in the international market. Again, that's not retroactive, though. Important to keep in mind. Um, basically, just uh, there's a lot of other legal things that you should read into this, but uh, there will also be adjustments to the housing program for players, a committee for feedback on rule changes that MLB tests in the minor leagues, the creation of a joint drug agreement and domestic violence policy. And uh, all this happened because major league baseball minor leaguers, excuse me, voted to unionize last September bargaining group was under the MLB players association umbrella, which set the stage to work on the first minor league CBA in history. It's like you said, this should have happened a long time ago, but I'm just glad the future big leaguers of Amer of the world, I'm not even going to say America, of the world, are finally being paid like real people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, it's not even a sport issue. It's a professional. It's a, this is their job. They should be compensated in line with people doing a job. Yep. 
I'm with you there. Couple other random extensions. Uh, Trevor Stefan, former relief pitcher. This goes right in hand with the minor league, so this is a good transition. This is a guy who was a Rule 5 pick. Uh, Four-year guaranteed deal with the Guardians with a pair of club options for $10 million guaranteed. Last season, he emerges a high-caliber setup man for the Guardians, six and two-thirds innings, two six nine ERA. There, uh, the former Yankee farmhand punched at 30.7% of all batters. And Orlando Arcia, the starting shortstop for the Braves, uh, three-year, $7.3 million extension there. Um, since he was acquired from the Brewers in the 2021 season, sit three, 237, 308, 399, and 98 games, a long time at short third and left for the Braves. Starting shortstop right now um, will probably be in his customary utility role there. Um, so those are two moves from there. Any thoughts? Yeah. No, those are two moves from there. Christian Pache, former top prospect, got traded to the Phillies in exchange for Billy Sullivan. Uh, the 24-year-old center fielder did not make the A's opening day roster. Phillies gave him a shot there, um, and he will be a compliment to left-handed hitting. Center fielder Brandon Marsh and a defensive replacement for Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos. I mostly bring this up for one reason. This was the headliner, in, along with Shea Langerlees, in the Matt Olson trade. Um, and Matt Olson is raking so far for Atlanta this year again, only in four games, but uh, he had a multi homer game. I didn't yeah, even Matt, Matt, Matt Olson rakes. Matt, yeah, Matt Olson is a legit all star first baseman and a legit replacement for Freddie Freeman in Atlanta, which should be all you need to know about Matt Olson. And the fact that all you got is a league starting catcher in Langerlees, it just makes that trade look even worse. And we're not even two years removed, we're not even a year removed almost. I mean, if you want to do it, like, I mean, there's again, like, we're running out of show here. It's, but Billy Bean's track record on trades, the, the whole, the A's don't trade well. I'd say more often they, they don't, they don't make out. They, they have all this. You think Oakland is like, oh, they had all these guys and they, they got good all of a sudden and they sent them away and then they rebuilt. They didn't, their rebuilding usually is not with the pieces they got in the trade. They usually just take like that Donaldson trade was a fucking disaster. Dude, you want to you want to do you want to do another one? Yeah, sure. I mean, it didn't work out for the Yankees either. But look at the Sonny Gray trade. James yeah. Caprillion is on their team, still hurt. Um, who Dustin Fowler, I think, was our other outfielder that we traded, and he shot. I mean, again, freak injury, but he shattered his leg. And then Jorge Mateo did nothing for them, and it finally took to last year with the Orioles for him to emerge as a starting caliber guy. It's another example. Yeah, so like Billy B, like. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. Um, and, unless you have Zito, Mulder, and Hudson out there. Like, if you don't invest in good talent, you're, and I guess the AL MVP, Miguel, you're, you're probably not going to go far in the playoffs. I said to my friends who were Giants fans when they were frustrated at the game Sunday about the offense, I said, have no fear. Gary's on the way. Gary Sanchez signed to a minor league deal with the Giants. $4 million if he makes the team. Uh, Gary's only 30. Last year with Minnesota. 205, 282, 377 slash line, 16 home runs, 24 doubles. Uh, but the Giants backup catcher, former top prospect Joey Bart, is on the 15-day injured list. Uh, so Gary's going to get a real shot here. Uh, what do you think? I'm rooting for him. Me too. But this I, is the worst possible spot for him, a team that values defense and it is in a pitcher's park. Yeah, but it's I mean, when it's not like Gary's hitting singles. Gary's either hitting the ball 450 feet or not making. Good luck, Giants. Yeah, good luck. Uh, and good luck, Gary. I feel like he, he by the end of his time in New York, seemed like a guy that needs to get out of here. Oh, yeah, big time. It's Aaron Hicks now. But Gary had much higher highs and the lows or whatever. Injured list, Johnny Cueto, 15-day injured list with right bicep tightness. Joey Votto, injured list with uh, coming off of rotator cuff surgery. He's got needs some more rehab. Daniel Bard is on the injured list due to anxiety. Uh, did we talk about that one last week? I don't remember. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you did your whole Brad Hand rant. Uh, WBC breakout star Lars Newtbar, 10-day injured list due to a left thumb contusion. Robbie Ray, 15-day injured list due to a left flexor strain. It's a grade one strain, so he's a rough timeline of about four to six weeks until his eventual return from the IL. This concerns me a bit if I'm a Mariners fan just because this, to me, seems like a long-term lingering injury for a guy who, relative to the contract he signed, already underperformed last year. I mean, you know Castillo is going to shove, but... You're relying a lot on Kirby Gilbert, some of these young kids, if Ray's out. Uh, Machado has been pinch hit for 
in the Padres game. I don't think he's going to hit that homer. So if anyone somehow retroactively picked that bet, it did not hit. Is he hurt? I I don't know. I should check on Twitter. Oh, um, so it's funny. I um, you, you want me to just read you the headline right now? I just refreshed my athletic page. Manny Machado was ejected for a third strike pitch clock violation and his first bat at bat of Tuesday's game against the Diamondbacks and then was ejected for arguing the call. All right, I'm going to watch that after the podcast. Yeah, so we might leave the show with that one next week. That seems pretty relevant. Tristan McKenzie is diagnosed with a strain of the terrace major muscle in his throwing shoulder. He's shut down for at least two weeks, but he might be out as much as two months. This is a big one. I don't think people realize how good McKenzie was last year. He had 190 strikeouts. ERA was below three. Um, and this Guardians team, they win with pitching and small ball. I know they're a pitching factory, but that doesn't give you a ton of room for error. My thing with McKenzie is he is really skinny. So skinny. He's like a right-handed Chris Sale. He's smaller than Sale. I think Sale's like 6'5". That's made up. Um, I don't think you're totally off there. He's 6'6". But regardless, doesn't have the slender frame where, you know, you're feeling great once an injury happens. No. No, no, no. He's got it. So, you know, Chris Sale is 6'6". How much do you think he weighs? Uh, 167. 183. That's disgusting. Max Freed, 15-day injured list. Look at the height and weight on Tristan McKenzie, too. Wow. Freed, 15-day injury. This was strained left hamstring, backdated to April 1st. Uh, he heard himself in the third inning covering a ground ball at first for the Braves. Jesus Christ, Kristen McKenzie. What do you think his height and weight is? 6'5", 175. Yes. All right, so my comp was good. That was great. This is the injury that, as a Mets fan, scares me the most, and it dropped right before first pitch on opening day. Justin Verlander, 15-day injured list with a low-grade Terrace major strain. It's going to throw a moderate attention to the, be evaluated in a week, and they provide they will provide a further update at this time. Verlander's old, and he was uh, only a couple of years removed from Tommy John surgery. I know he was great last year, but as a Mets fan, this is absolutely terrifying news to me. And the fact that it came right before opening day is even scarier. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, you, with with this injury in mind, what's your bravado over under on Justin Verlander's starts in a Mets uniform this year? How long is he? What's the stated time he's out? Let's figure at least two to three weeks. Because he's going to be reevaluated this week, and then I would think has to ramp up. I'd say probably don't. I'd say you don't see him in April. I mean, if you gave me 23 and a half, I'd take the under. I'd probably take the under at anything you give me just because if he gets hurt again. Imagine paying a guy $43 million a year to make that few starts. But that's the risk you run. And I don't know if the Mets should be like overly concerned. It's not like Scherzer. It's, they still have shit. I mean, how many of the Mets – one injury away from the return of the Dark Knight, or the Dark Knight returns. The fact that we're bringing this up four games into the season tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, but that might like that's just us bringing it up. We bring it up every time. I thought I was expecting to have to talk Harvey like for the last three injuries. Well, when when we heard that the Yankees were making moves to bring a pitcher in Saturday, we both thought Harvey immediately. Alas, it was not meant to be. But I honestly think this if. This will be my last Harvey bit of the week, and hopefully for that one. Dude, in a locker room with Scherzer and Verlander, I, I mean, is that like not the best spot for Harvey to be? You put him just, around. It's just a matter of the teams thinking you get big league hitters out still. I don't know the answer. That's so not important when you're talking about Harvey. Though. That's not that's not what he does. He does so much more than that. And right. in fact, he doesn't even do that. All right, next topic. Uh, our first suspension of the new year in the miscellaneous news section. Anthony Rendon was handed a four-game suspension for Major League Baseball this morning. Uh, he's also been fined an undisclosed amount. Uh, the discipline arises out of an opening day incident in Oakland. Rendon got into an argument with an A's fan who called that called him a bitch. Rendon then grabbed the fan's shirt through the guardrail during that spat and called the fan a motherfucker and swiped towards the fan's head with his left hand, although it didn't appear he made contact. Video of the incident circulated on Twitter the following day. Um, the Oakland Police Department MLB both opened investigations, and the OPD has not provided any further update there. couple thoughts here. One, you can't hit a fan, no matter what. If Ron Artest taught us anything, you can't hit a fan. You two, hit a fan. two you're going to hit a fan. You can't get caught on camera. You got I actually think camera. I think the suspension's light. Me too. And three, 
What a disaster of a contract. It's a disaster. Never healthy, not productive when he is healthy, and now he's literally fighting fans. And he got suspended last year for a fight when he already had a broken arm, I, I believe, or maybe broke his arm in the fight. Um, it's uh, one of the worst. Uh, that might be, of all the contacts the Angels have given out, I think that's the worst. I don't know if it's close. Right now, I'm still going to go Hamilton just because uh... – and again, there were a lot of external factors there. When Do I'm you sure. remember the number on Edwin Jones' deal? I oh, it's like two thirty-five. I what? I think it's at least two thirty-five. I think it, I thought it was seven. For right now, the Albert deal is blowing this out of. Right now, the seven Albert for, deal looks like the Acuna deal compared to the Rendon deal. Seven for two forty-five. Yeah, not good. And all we heard was awesome things about Rendon and Ash. Shohei Otani is expected to make a Major League Baseball record $65 million this year when you factor in endorsements. Good time to be Otani. It's a good time to be – it should be a good time to be Otani for a while. Probably the next 20 years. Um, and shout-out shout out to a favorite of the podcast. I don't know if this will help his Hall of Fame case, but I don't think it will hurt it. Andrew Jones is 25, is being retired by the Braves September 9th. You going to Atlanta? I cannot. I have a bachelor party that weekend. I'm September 29th? September 9th. Um, I've wanted to, I mean, I my New Year's resolution is cross off one new stadium per sport per it's year. It's against the Pirates, too. Atlanta is actually the closest baseball stadium I haven't been to. Food for thought. Food for thought. I mean, like, you, you, I, I don't know. I'm like, we'll see. It depends a lot on what I do September 8th. And just like random things, you. I mean, on your jersey retirement, I don't know anyone in Atlanta. Well, we'll make you some new friends. You know, and I ain't seen the Braves play a game all year. You always find a way to figure it out. Uh, our first regular season tweets of the week. Feel free to interject at anyone. Shortest game of the week. This is from Barstool Baseball. Guardians two nothing win over the Mariners. Two hours three minutes. This podcast is almost as long as that. Need a pitch clock. Uh, the first pitcher to commit a pitch clock violation with Marcus Stroman, Rafael Devers, was the first hitter to strike out on a violation. And Manny Machado was the first to be ejected. Manny Machado, first to be ejected. This is from Sarah Langs. The Astros opening day win streak ended at 10 games. That's the longest. That was tied for the longest streak in history with the Boston Bean Eaters from 1887 to 1896. And you and I figured this out. This is the first opening day the Astros have lost in the American League. Yeah. It also good. I mean, it means they were winning opening days, those tail end of the tank years. So, always getting off on a good foot, at least. Uh, from Jason Stark, uh, World Series teams that started following the season 0 3 in the wild card era the 96 Indians, the 07 Cardinals, and the 23 Phillies. And let's get our first umpire criticism of the year. Uh, you know, the umpire scorecard Twitter account? Mm hmm. In the Rangers 16 to 3 win over the Phillies Saturday, CB Buckner graded out as plus 2.63 runs for the Rangers. Significant. That's awful. Yeah. Uh Anthony Volpe joins Fritz Meisel in 1901, Ray uh, or excuse me, Fritz Meisel in 1913, Ray Langford in 1990, Pat Howell in 1992 and Billy Hamilton in 2013 as the first players in baseball history to have a steal in their first three MLB games. That list is going to get a lot bigger now that these bases are bigger. For MLB stats, Tim Heron is the first pitcher to strike out uh, the first four batters he faced in his major league debut since 1901. The Rangers' 27 runs so far tied for the second most by a team through its first two games of the season behind only the 1951 White Sox, who had 30. From stats by stats, and this should tell you the emotional roller coaster for me Thursday because this was the last leg of a 16 parlay for me. The Blue Jays are the first MLB team to allow a go-ahead run in the 6th, 7th, and 8th innings on the road and still win the game since the Red Sox did so in 1938. Very high stress. Sounds it. This is from Jason Stark. Jacob DeGrom as a Met gave up one triple in 464 Phillies batters faced. In the second inning, gave up two triples to Phillies in a row in the, on opening day. Go figure. Weird. Dylan Cease, Logan Webb, and Garrett Cole had 10-plus strikeouts on their in their team season opener. That was the most since 1970 when four pitchers did it. Bryce Fantasy Update. 
Hunter Green threw 37 pitches over 100 miles per hour through the first three innings of opening day. That breaks his old record of 35. It was hard. From Mike Selleck, Ryan Noda becomes the second American League, Federal League, or National League player since 1901 to make their Major League debut on their birthday. Happy birthday, Ryan. I don't know who you are, but happy birthday. I that I can't believe that hasn't happened. I got two Ryan Spader tweets to end it. 22 years ago today, on April 4th, 2001, Ichiro singled to lead off a game. Single to center. It was a 10th career at bat. His batting average never fell below 300 after that. First career, obviously. Ichiro, probably the next guy that hits the Hall of Fame ballot with a shot at 100%. Yeah, I don't know how you know vote for Ichiro. And last but certainly not least, uh, baseball history made Saturday. City of San Diego became the first team ever to win a Final Four game and an MLB game on the same day. Interesting. That's a fun one. Random, but fun. That's what we live for, though. Random and fun. Are there other... I guess the Johnnies never won. Johnnies never won a Final Four game. It might have just been a matter of one opening day and, like, the actual timing of the games would be my guess. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm just thinking cities that have Daska. Like, Georgetown would have been in the finals when the Nats were away. Yeah, well, I'll keep thinking. I guess UCLA. UCLA and the Dodgers? Or or the Angels, technically? Yeah, that seems like one that would have been in there, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But, yeah, the UCLA would be a better show. Um, yeah. Any concluding thoughts for this week's podcast? Our first of no, the season. But enjoy the nice weather. Easter, Passover, Ramadan. Uh, celebrate time with your families. Do the right thing. Uh, enjoy. See you all next week. Enjoy, Bruce. Mine will be Go Yanks. I'm excited to see Bruce Springsteen. And uh, yeah, everyone have a good, healthy Seder. And remember, uh, if you're celebrating Passover, you can't drink beer. That's the one I always struggle with. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Midorski. This is Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Have a great rest of the week.